I'm Mike Maloney, and welcome to another CSRM podcast. Today's episode is hosted by Dr. Greg Linville. Hi, welcome back to another CSRM podcast. And hopefully you were able to pick up last week's installment of this because you would hear, I've heard a most inspirational story about our guest here today. Welcome back, Pastor Biswa. And we are, we're going to recap very quickly for those of you that just for whatever reason can't get for, to last week's uh, archived podcast. But our, our special guest today was born in Bhutan, spent nearly two decades in a refugee camp in Nepal, has a strong family history of Hinduism, including a grandfather that was a priest. And in that most horrible of living situations, because a pastor reached out to Beam, Jesus came into his heart, changed his life, and he began then to plant churches throughout the villages, these these other uh, Bhutanese and uh, in Nepali, I hope I said those correctly, Pastor. Uh, it's sometimes hard for us in the English to know exactly how to say it, but we mean no disrespect. But the the fact that God had ordained you and that you started to work in these ways, and we we picked up the story where we where we left the story, and we want to pick it up now where you had come out of that and came to America. Start there, and how did how did that occur? How did you get out of the refugee camp? How did you land in America? How how did you land in Syracuse? What was it about that? All those things. Tell us a little bit of how God led during those years. Thank you very much again uh, for bringing me back and giving me this opportunity to speak and share uh, what God is doing through my life, through me. And, and again, I thank you for saying be him. <laughs> I'll yeah. try to be like, <laughs> That's right. but, uh, I mean, uh, I I'm, I'm, cannot be, but I'm doing my best. Right. And as well, uh, I, I also made my full from BHIM because of him, I move. Ah. That's what I, I also created myself. Be him. Be him. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yes. Um, it's beautiful how God, works in everyone's life in the world. God knows by name each and everyone, poor or rich, America or India or Bhutan or wherever in the world, because God created each one of us. God has a wonderful, what a beautiful plan he have. Bringing from uh, Bhutan to Nepal, where only like a, among 100,000, only maybe 20 houses are believers. Almost all are Hindu. But in 20 years of the time in refugee camp, more than 20,000 come to know Christ. Wow. 
And not only that, we try to go back to Bhutan several times, our own country and land, but trying 18, 19 years, 20 years, uh, Bhutan government, king, uh, never let uh, us get uh, into the Bhutan. That's where the world organization, UNHCR, uh, decided to resettle us uh, in different countries like uh, Canada, uh, Australia, Denmark, Netherlands, New Zealand. Uh, these are different uh, countries that we are given opportunity to go resettled. So, but more more than any country, uh, United States of America uh, welcome more than sixty thousand. Wow! So that's why uh, we are more in United States, and we got to choose, but we cannot choose also to where we are going at that time and the but process. That was that was two thousand nine. Yes, yeah, two thousand nine. I come. Uh, it started from two thousand eight, actually. Okay. Resettlement. So I came uh, in two thousand nine with the process. We don't know where we are going. They will resettled us if we have family here. Then yes, but they uh, resettled us uh, everywhere in the America except Alaska and Hawaii. They're everywhere. Our people are in United States, in different states right now. Yes. Yeah, so I came to Syracuse in 2009, yeah. And when you came, uh, say the group again that helped that happen, was there a, was there a, a, a group that helped get you to the States? Oh, yes, it's a world organization. I mean, uh, U- United Nations Higher Commission okay. of Refugees. Refugee. Yeah, UNHCR, yeah, yeah, it's a big organization. And as you say, many from that part of the world have settled in America. And I know for me, there are a couple of Nepali churches that are closer to me, Mm -hmm. Uh, Columbus, Ohio, Cleveland, Ohio. I think you have relationships with people. Yeah, we know uh, almost all the pastors. Yeah, we know we have good connection with everyone, every state there, here. Right. And, but why did you go to to Syracuse? What was it about Syracuse and you? Uh, yeah, no, uh, they, res- they gave a name that you need to go to Syracuse, and I came to Syracuse. Okay, that's, that's not a big reason. This is where you go? Yes, yeah, so and, they say this is where you go. And you brought your mother, your wife, yes, yes, and your yes. children? Yes, yeah. And, and tell us about your children. Um, I have two sons, one is 21, another is uh, 13 years old. Wow. And 21 years old, he's uh, he uh, he married recently, yeah, okay. uh, <laughs> and he started working as uh, starting right now as IT, and daughter-in-law is going uh, nursing uh-huh. and classes, and yes, um, they are growing. Don't tell me uh, that you're a grandfather. You're not old enough to be a grandfather. <laughs> Very soon, very soon, yes, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, that is wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Tell us now a little bit about Syracuse Nepali Church. Yes, 2009, I come to Syracuse, and I never thought I'll become, I'll do the ministry, because when I come here, I'm like a newborn baby. I usually say I have three births. One is from uh, parents, second, come to know Christ, and the third is coming to United States of America. 
<laughs> it's kind of like when we come here, we, we are like a newborn because we don't know anything about, because see, living in refugee camp, this is 100% opposite of uh, living here and refugee camp. Did so you speak you, English when you came? Just a little bit, yeah. Not uh, fluently, but a uh, little bit I understand because we have English school in the refugee camp. Well, you are fluent now, but keep going. Oh, thank you. What thank you very about much. About the church. Yes. Um, so I never thought, and I knew now clearly that he called me to start the church and do his work. And uh, even though we know it is very hard, especially in the United States here, I feel harder than other country, truly, I'm speaking. Because, uh, because people are very hard to reach in this country. Why? I, I learned that because they sometimes they need nothing, no one. Sometimes it's very hard. Over, over the seas, people are really, really so many ways they are very, very needy. There is, they are always looking hope, always looking peace, always looking something. And where we come up with the bigger hope, Jesus Christ, and give them the hope. I mean, share who, where the true hope comes from. People understand and they start putting hope in God. And even though they don't have anything, they start feeling they are very, very hopeful people because they have a true living God when they understand. Here, very, very hard, I feel. And, but God always works in different ways. So when I come here, and uh, maybe I'm a little bit off track with the topic, but I'm coming back. Uh, when I come here, I never thought I'll become a minister, doing the ministry. But people, couple houses, believer, Nepali speaking, they're scattered here and there. They don't know what to do, where to go. And where I was in need here, when I came here, I came with just one bag. Mm. I don't have even $2. I came with one old bag and my kids and, and they put us in the house. And then, and now I have start from zero. That's why I call, I, it's like a newborn baby and need to learn everything. And, but God, Really, I also went couple with a couple believer with different church here, but I understand nothing. And now I feel like I need to start. Yes. And then two family, I came and I found where you visited last time, same building. There was another church and uh, uh, I asked them, can we use for uh, two hours Sunday? And they, they let us use. And now... Two family and me, my family, and we started praying and reaching one by one, one by one, one by one. And then God started filling the church building. And a lot of people started coming to know Christ. And I came 2009. And interesting here, the sports is, how the sports also work is, in 2010, I feel like there are many Nepali now, they love soccer. And then I want to have a just Nepali soccer uh, tournament. And I started sharing with a couple uh, friends that I know. They visited me and uh, started uh, 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 encouraging me. 
And it became like a, in 2010, I have a newspaper also in Syracuse News. I have, I kept that safely. Uh, it became a small mini World Cup. There uh-huh. are eight, eight con- country represented. Eight. Eight country represented like Burmese and like Iraqi team, Burmese team, Nepali team uh, there. And interesting that I have nothing, uh, zero. I, but I happen to give each uh, the uh, local church, other church, one team to support. They supported with the dress. They supported with, even we didn't have a good soccer field. It was like a baseball field nearby our building. And we had a one day full, because all church was uh, involved in reaching all different group of people in Syracuse. So we had a whole one day tournament, became a small mini World Cup. (laughs) Yeah, so... Uh, so sports always uh, very many people heard the gospel at that time. Many okay, people. so let's stop you for a second. Sure. Because there's a there's a point here that I I want to bring out that I think is really important, and that you did not have a soccer facility, a football facility. Mm-hmm. You didn't really even have a, a field or a pitch. You had none of that. No. And yet God inspired you and enabled you, empowered you to do this mini World Cup. And and you just made it happen, we would call it, on a shoestring. <laughs> and, and I want that to be brought out because there are some people in the world that think that in order to do sports ministry, they have to have these massive facilities, millions and millions of dollars mm. of facilities and equipment. And, and, and last time, uh, in our previous archive now session with you, you talked about how you learned how to make a soccer ball out of socks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, you were a little advanced of that now in America, in Syracuse mm-hmm. with your World Cup. You weren't using sock balls anymore, but you didn't have these facilities. Mm-hmm. And you still were able to reach people for Jesus. And I just want people to be encouraged by your example that they don't have to have a big thing. Just do what you have. Use what you have. And and now, how you said many of them then came to this tournament was one day, and then they came to Jesus. How did that come about? How did they come to Jesus? Yeah. Um, what did you do? Every uh, different churches has involved that. Only not me. But I have given, okay, um, not Syracuse Baptist Church, please, you adopt one team, one country. Another church, Mishio Church, you add up one country. And Grace Chapel, we add up one team. So that is how uh, we happen to give them a team. So, so they now, wait, are, a minute, wait a minute. This is another key thing. You rooted these teams in a local church. Yes, yeah. Not just yours, but you opened up other churches in the community to all embrace and adopt the team. Yes, yes, yeah. So, perfect. perfect. So, so it is easier for me. It is uh, really effective for me. I don't have to meet everyone. Yes. Everybody is involved in evangelism. In, and a lot of have them, a lot of 
them have uh, built a relationship through, through this soccer soccer tournament. Yes. And uh, many people, they heard the gospel because always we do free. I don't charge any money. I have done like a, uh, dozens of different tournaments like soccer tournament and ping pong tournament. I do every year ping pong tournament here. Uh, and I charge zero dollar. I want to do myself through help of our friends. Why? Because if we charge money, we are a little bit binded. We cannot do what we want to do. We cannot say what we want to say because they put the money there. But me, like it's free. I can be a whole in charge for uh, everything, whatever I say. And there's the right opportunity for me to share the gospel. Nobody will object me anything because I feed them. I We support them. We give the opportunity. Here we go. Okay. When there are a lot of people comes, we stop. See, we can stop anytime we want to stop. When the, a lot of people comes and everybody is there, not leave the field when they're losing, when everybody's there, we can, hey, we need to take a rest now. Okay, let's start, uh, then share, start sharing the gospel there and everybody will hear the gospel. Okay, let's, let's talk about that in a, little, in a little bit here. And I, I hope now the people that are listening and watching to this podcast, that they're beginning to feel something that is even beyond the actual World Cup or how, how that goes on. And that is a passion that you are bringing to this, that this is the way to connect with people. You had said earlier that sometimes it's very hard to reach people in America because they have everything. But now you're finding a way that you can provide something and that you are – in. And being in our CSRM language, we talk about that we, when we talk about our evangelistic disciple making, evangelistic meaning we go as the Great Commission, go into all the world, but our goal is to make disciples. And we do that by baptizing them when they come to faith and then teaching them all that Jesus, he said, and teach them all that I've commanded you. And as best we can tell, there's 50 of those commands in the New Testament that, that Jesus commanded. So it's not just getting them the, to the soccer pitcher field. And, and, and it, it's much more than that. And, and I'm going to ask that when we come back to our next segment, we're going to go a little bit more on that. But we also use this phraseology, not only evangelistic disciple making, so we go and get them involved so we can disciple them, but we talk about how the gospel is presented. And we say that we proclaim it with how we live, with what we do, that's how we proclaim it. And then we affirm it with our words. And that's what you're getting ready to share with us is that we did, we proclaimed it by, we care so much for you that we're going to do this. We're going to provide this for you free of charge. Mm -hmm. We're going to do this for you. And then that gives us an opportunity and a platform to verbally then affirm mm -hmm. all that we have already proclaimed. And so if you want to know more about that, yes, you're going to have to wait another week, but we're going to bring you another, another podcast with, with Pastor Bahim Biswa, and he is going to share a little bit more than how, how did they actually do that verbal proclamation, that affirmation, and then 
tell us a little bit more about the facility that he's in and how he has retrofitted many parts of this facility to do the sports rec and fitness. And again, not with a million dollar checkbook. People, you don't have to have millions of dollars, but you have to have the passion that our guest has today. So, Pastor, thank you for being with us. And we were going to come back and visit with you again. And you're going to take us another step in this journey. Thank you, my brother. The CSRM Podcast is a production of CSRM and their production house, Overwhelming Victory. Dr. Greg Linville is the executive producer, and Scott Stedman is the associate producer and editor. To learn more about CSRM, visit csrm.org. For more information about Overwhelming Victory, visit overwhelmingvictory.org. The CSRM Podcast is the flagship member of the podcast network, Overwhelming Victory Radio. For more information on Overwhelming Victory Radio, or to listen to our partner podcasts, visit overwhelmingvictory.org backslash OV Radio. For CSRM Podcasts, I'm Mike Maloney. Have a